bestiality. Here's Hulk. What a screamer that was by me. Hello and welcome back to Chitty Chatter. It's been almost a month between episodes, but uh, the boys do live busy full-time working lives and uh, it's obviously a bit hard to organise our recording sessions from across the world, but we are back to discuss A-League and more. Boys, how are you doing? Mate, well, I'm very good. Good to see your face again. It has been a while. We always say, oh, this time, let's get back on it every fortnight. We'll consistently record, but... Yeah, sounding like a broken record there. So that's that's not good. But I personally am very good. So that's, yeah, good to hear. How about you, Zah? Yeah, not, not too bad. It's glad. I think with the daylight savings changes, I feel the time difference works much better for us. Mm. Making, what is it, 11, 11.20 a.m. your time, Dave? Yeah, yeah. I don't have to get up at 9 a.m. and stuff to record anymore. I mean, that's not oh, bad. Getting up, well, honestly. Yeah. That's at 9 a.m.? Wow. Yeah, yeah. Shut up. <laughs> But uh, no, we're good. We had our housewarming for our new place, which we've been in for about two months now. So that got a bit rowdy. Shout out to our neighbours who weren't dickheads and kind of didn't dob us in a little bit. So yeah, it was fine. We love that. We do love that. So yeah. And how about you, mate? Yeah, all, all things good uh, over here. Starting to open up a bit more, which is which is lovely. We were chatting before, pubs and stuff, uh, open outdoors and um barbers and things like that haircut could be on the cards we'll have to wait and see wow um so yeah no it's it's all things looking up vaccines being pumped out um so yeah we're 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 doing all right over here and hopefully we can start getting out a little bit more um and then just watching football there's so much football on the moment like a lot of football yeah premier league's been really good european competitions european leagues so yeah just chilling out playing playstation doing a bit of youtube doing a bit of podcasting stuff you know just trying to stay busy while i can try and find a job but yeah yeah um before we jump on into what we're going to be talking about uh i mean ed again doesn't have a kit ed went out of kits three episodes in so we can't expect anything yeah. from him, but Zav, you do have a training jersey on. Tell us a bit about yes. it. Yes, the new Tama United training jersey, which we got about two weeks ago, just before the season. Ed Harriet couldn't afford one, or he didn't want one, or one above look, all. I have moral reasons for not getting a training jersey, so I have stuck to my guns and won't be bullied into getting a training jersey. So, <laughs> but yeah. they're a very nice Nike top, very very simple, as you said. Got the initials. The logo, ah, oh, it's just nice. It's better than the old one we had, and it's yeah, it, it, it does look, it, lo- it looks clean when we're warming up in it. Um, yeah, happy with it. Wouldn't say it's thirty dollars. Uh, it, yeah. it looks really good. Um, I I wasn't surprised when that spreadsheet came out to uh, put names in that Ed was one of the one of the two people to not buy a training shirt. That did not shock me. Did not come yeah. as a surprise. Yeah, just like to be on there. I like to be an outsider, lone wolf. That's my kind of character. Yeah. Rather spend money on uh, some some parking fines, that's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> stitch up, absolute oh. stitch up. <laughs> look at it this way: so anyone who doesn't wear the training jersey during warm up gets fined. He's just like forty chest this whole thing. Like he doesn't buy one, therefore he's not in contention for the fine. How are they going <laughs> to find me? Exactly. That's true. That's true. You can't ever forget it if you don't have one. Exactly. So. <laughs> yeah. Real big grind from me. Uh, I see you're wearing a Jamaican kit. Yeah, that yeah, up? that was a lovely accent. Um, I am wearing yeah, a... Not okay with that. <laughs> yeah. I am guy. wearing a Jamaica kit. This is their 1819 home. Um, and it came up on, on sale online on uh, classic football shirts. It was like £29 discount code, got it down to like 25 oh, um, So yeah, like came brand new with tags, lovely yellow kit. It's got the Umbro design down the, the shoulders, but it's also the Jamaican flag. So that's kind of yeah. cool. Blends um, quite well. Yeah, it's got a nice like pattern on it. Um, and they're trying to sign up as many English players as they can in a bid to get to the World Cup. So I'm on the uh, the Reggae's boy train. Yeah, fair play. I, it's, such a, it's such a classic like footballing story. I love it. Um, just because especially, I guess, the Caribbean side of things, you just don't traditionally associate it with um, football. So fair yeah. play if they get through. I don't know if they've ever been in a World Cup, maybe once before or something like that. So They were in um, 98, I think. That's my trivia, God. Thanks for that. No, I'm just... Unlucky. Well, yeah. Well, that's bad for us. Anyway, you'll have to think of one throughout the Is that actually so. a trivia question? Oh, it's not my trivia. I can't believe you've done that. <laughs> oh, 
I have my trivia done. How am I meant to know he's got a Jamaican shirt on? I don't know. It's pretty neat. Could just be a coincidence. So... I don't know. Anyways, um, we yeah, we're going to be talking about today the A League match weeks thirteen through sixteen. That's how long it's been between recordings. Um, the A League's on every day, so it's really hard to keep track of, especially from the other side of the world. Um, but yeah, we're just gonna we're not gonna go in depth on every game. We're just gonna talk about some uh, key highlights and talking points, and then of course we're gonna jump into the Champions League quarters, which wrapped up, which should be lovely stuff to chat about, and we'll uh, maybe predict who we think is gonna get through to the final. Um, also, Europa League is coming up tonight, so we can um, see what we think there. But they're all pretty close games as well. Um, so yeah, we're going to be chatting some some European football today mainly. Um, but before we do dive in, a couple key talking points. Do you guys have any uh, what what you've noticed in the past month since the last recording in in football? Um, I guess what I've just thought up on the spot because I do lots of research for this pod, as you know, um, yeah. is how I guess English focused all the football media I consume is, especially when you think about the Trent Alexander-Arnold debate for England, that was all I saw for about two or three days. That's a good yeah. one. And I was just yeah. thinking, like, in what world is, like, the fight for one position for a tournament, which isn't on for a couple of months, uh, where, when would that ever, you know, take place in any other sport? It is just insane that that debate has, you know, been so vigorous and so publicised because... Mm. I'm like, yeah, okay, it's an interesting talking point, but also, like, who cares that much? This is, like, the biggest thing to talk about. Especially, it's not as though it's, like, the off-season or anything like that. It's, like, full swing and everyone's going mad about it. So I don't think it's it's an interesting talking point, but it just kind of shows how crazy it is and how parochial the English fans get. Um, and it's almost domineering. Anyone else trying to get their voice in, like, you wouldn't hear that with the Croatian people. I'm sure... You know, if it's based in Croatia or whatever, you had like their publications there. But yeah, it just it annoys me a little bit. But I mean, it's still interesting. So that's what I noticed. I think that's down to the fact that they think they're going to have a good chance of winning it. Yeah. yeah. So they just yeah. like to harp on about it. So anyway, interesting point there. Yeah. Zav, how about you? I'm on a more serious note <laughs> to flip yeah. it on. Um, I think we all saw like, the whole racial abuse in the glass in the Rangers game and how that's been dealt with. And yeah. um, so I think the guy who the, was a Slavia Praha player, but 10 games in the end. Yeah, but then also game, man. Bobby Kamara got a fine for his reaction to it all on social media and such, which is a very interesting way of going about dealing with racism within mm. sport. Um, he got a, a three-match ban as well. Oh, really? I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah. Kamara got a, a three-match ban for um, assaulting Cudella or whatever in the tunnel because apparently there was the rumours that he like he punched uh, him or whatever. So um, but that's that's the point I probably want to make on this is like you say there are rumours and what we hear I think because we all think that the football media landscape is so transparent now with Twitter you follow the right people you're going to get the source of the truth every time mm. especially when it comes to these things and I remember when there was the PSG versus Istanbul thing. And everyone was like, oh, what's going on? This person said this, this person said what? There's just so much misinformation out there. So I think especially what frustrates me is people will say, this is what happened and this is the response from it, completely unjustified. Whereas, I don't know, I think a lot of the time we're not getting the full story and, yeah, sure, maybe that decision is not the correct one, but we instantly go to make these judgments saying they've fucked it up or they've done the wrong thing. But generally we're getting such a small sliver of the information. I think we can make our judgments a bit too hastily, but anyway, that's my two cents. Could be a bit controversial take, there, but yeah. yeah I, How about that, I think it's yeah. interesting that like um, uh, Kamara gets a 30% of what, um, of what Cudella got just for reacting. Um, I don't think he beat him up or anything like that. He might have punched him. Obviously, we weren't there. We don't know. But it's interesting that he's been given a three-match ban for reacting to being racially abused. I thought it was also extremely interesting from Prague to come out straight away and be like, no, we back our player. This is all lies. He yeah. said, like, um, you effing guy instead of, like, the, whatever the racist comment he made. 
Um, and then the club have now backtracked since it's been think, like um, caught. And they're like, oh, like we have a like no policy, like uh, like a zero tolerance policy and stuff like that. And I was like, well, if you had a zero tolerance policy, you'd get rid of him. Like he wouldn't the play. PR behind, the PR behind that's shocking. Like they obviously would just like cover our asses, but then realize our ass is exposed. Yeah. So it's just the whole situation has been a whole massive kerfuffle and it just mm-hmm. hasn't been dealt with that well. Yeah, but I do. What I have appreciated is how how Stevie G, uh, Stevie G dealt with it and and backed Kamara and um, yeah. he was really well spoken in his post match interviews after that and stuff like that. So yeah, hopefully I'll include him in and uh, they're out of the competition. Yeah, um, yeah. I know. Good- what about you, mate? Did you notice? I've got a couple. Um, so uh, we can touch on them very very quickly. So we've got uh, the Matildas' first two games under new boss Tony Gustafsson. Yeah. Um, Everyone was looking looking forward to these. Uh, a lot of European-based players now. Uh, Sam Kerr, captain in the squad. And we went and lost 5-2 to Germany and 5-0 to the Netherlands. Um, I mean, Yeah, not not all the players could be selected. Obviously, it was only European. Um, you had Ellie Carpenter and one other European-based player, I think, from... She was, she was based, I think she's based in Scandinavia. I think they missed the cutoff to get in for the quarantine, like, bubble-type style thing. Yeah. Um, so they couldn't make it. So we were missing a few people. Um, but yeah, very, very interesting to to go down to Germany and Netherlands because our women's team is fantastic. So I thought that was, yeah. Imagine like starting a new job with one of the best women's teams in the world and you've got to play two of the best teams in the world yeah. after a COVID pandemic. I mean, like, yeah. I mean the, obviously there's like, you know, we, we think the Matildas, especially in the lead up, because, you know, since their last game, we've won the World Cup rights and stuff like that. So there's all this hype at the moment. Yeah. And then that's why I think it's like really boomed in the media is because like people are like, oh crap, we're hosting this in what, a year, year and a half, two years, something like that. So everyone's like, oh crap, you know, we need to get our shit together. But at the same time, it's the first game like since COVID. Like the team doesn't know each other. The coach is still trying to figure out how he plays with the team. Huge reality. So I think it's it's definitely brought a bit of the gloss off the Matildas because I think we're all kind of like soccer is up played in so long and where's the future for that team lie and we all hang our hat on the Matildas though they're great golden generation they're going to go and win the next World Cup so it's kind of nice to have that hype quell a little bit and then I kind of just want to see the results on the pitch to justify us you know getting around them and really making them a good course of the World Cup in 2024 so yeah 2023 2023 yeah um no I I uh I think, yeah, like I said, it's very early um, and it probably has, like, because of the World Cup bid, you probably had a lot of people jump on who don't really watch them very often and be like, oh, we've got the World Cup, so we must be good, right? Yeah. Um, so you probably see a lot of reactionary stuff from it. But I think, yeah, it's probably good to to squash that a little bit um, and then really build in for the next two years into, into the World Cup and um, probably have a really strong showing. But, I mean, anything can happen between now and then we shall see. But, um, yeah, the other one I noticed, which is I woke up to this and I was pretty shocked, um, SBS The World Game is going to be no more. Yeah, SBS yeah. is going fully SBS Sports Central. Yeah. Um, which is similar to what Eurosport did a couple of years ago. Um, but, yeah, it's kind of SBS is, you know, their funding's been cut for the last year and a half nearly. Mm. It doesn't really surprise me because a lot of across the board, um, it's all changed, but like, I mean, you know, I've been seeing all these tweets today. It's been very interesting. Like I remember on a Sunday, the hour and a half football show that used to happen on SBS, mm. the SBS world game show. Yeah. And that was like, Oh, I brought back so much. So it was such a nostalgic memory. Like think yeah. about that. And then just the decline the since then. I mean, they still produce good content. I mean, with Lucy and um, Nick Stoll. What's his name? Yeah. 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 So no, it's sad. Sad to see it go. Yeah. Very, and even like, just because it was a, like pretty much brought up from, um, from Johnny Warren and Les Murray as well. So yeah. to see that go, um, to see their their show go is 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 a bit sad. But um, I'm sh- I'm sure that'll open up more more chance for more things to come out. I'm sure we won't see the end of of Zelich and um, Nick Stoll and stuff like that. I'm sure they'll be popping up very soon with with something similar. I mean, yeah, you had like when Simon Hill left, you had his podcast uh, when he left Fox, you had his podcast pop up. So I'm sure there'll be something in the works for those two. But um, yeah. Yeah. Bit, of, bit of a sad day um, and then finally i did see some news that apparently it looks like stan are going to be getting the, the channel nine and stan are going to be getting the a-league rights but vince Ugari did say that that was not uh not the case it hasn't been decided 
but yeah, a couple rumors about that, which is which is interesting. Yeah, Stanley going full ham. I mean, like with all the rugby union and stuff like that, Shoot Shield starting this. I'm sure not many of our listeners know what Shoot Shield is, but <laughs> it's like a local rugby competition here, and they're streaming it all for the first time. Stan and all the Super Rugby's here, so yeah, yeah. full no, they, full for it. Way for to, it. Yeah, to compete with, I guess Optus and compete with any other sports streaming provider. Yeah. Foxtel's just getting in the bin, really. Yeah. Um, we did have one question come in from the audience. Um, friend of the podcast, Nelson. Um, he has a friend who plays or played for, for Northbridge. And, and obviously that was like uh, Northbridge had a partnership with the Mariners um, and stuff like that. Um, and then MacArthur bought that license. Um, and uh, a lot of players had been um, shafted and screwed over, um, lost their spots in first teams and things like that um, because MacArthur wanted it, to use it as almost an academy um and yeah there's been chat about um they don't have proper warm-up kits they just uh turn their mariners gear inside out like their north bridge mariners gear um so yeah a bit of a bit of a shambles going on there have you guys heard anything about uh that little partnership um i've heard i remember when it originally happened and it was like in the space of a day people realized they didn't have a, their contracts when null and void mm. because they Northbridge you know, went with MacArthur because MacArthur were looking like we need another 23 squad that's in MPL one. So they thought, what's the yeah. way, best way we can do this? Let's go to the North shore yeah. out of all of them, not just go for MacArthur FC, but um, yeah, they went for a team that was in MPL one. Um, they've done, they've had some surprise results in MPL one. I think they, they're a bunch of, it's obviously it's an under 20, under 23 squad. So there's yeah. a lot of young guns, yeah. similar to what Sydney FC are doing in MPL one and Wanderers and Mariners in MPL two. But they beat like Sydney United something like that the other day. Um, wow. Quite quick, quite rapid. Got like some really good talent coming through there. Um, but I wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me. The logistics behind it would be pretty shocking. Yeah. Because <laughs> everything's just kind of happened very quickly, and with no warning, I guess. So yeah. we haven't been too much, but they seem to be. They're not drowning in MPL one. So that's yeah. very important. Yeah. Very true. Very true. Should we jump on into the uh, A League? Let's go. Let's do it. All right, so match week 13, um, some highlights from that. We had City beat Central Coast 2-0 in a um, towards-the-top-of-the-table clash. And uh, the Knicks and Adelaide uh, Knicks and Adelaide get 4-1 wins, respectively. Uh, the Knicks beat Victory 4-1, and Adelaide beat the Jets. So some, some big wins there. Um, did you guys have any, have any thoughts on, on match week 13 on those games? Well, yeah, I think the City Central Coast game, I know a lot of people were looking at towards that game as being, I guess, a uh, focal point of the season to see how good are Central Coast really. We all know City has got that momentum. They've got that depth in their squad and all that quality. So I don't think it really surprised a lot of people. I think we might have made a prediction for that. And I, think I think we said City would win, yeah. And so I think... Yeah, it wasn't a surprise, but what it is good to see is because if Central Coast had won that game, they would have just kept on, you know, extending their lead, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But once you look at the table, it reeled them back in. And so, you know, the points difference from first all the way probably like, you know, to 10th is all, you know, anyone can really end up anywhere. So that was an important match, I think, for the context of the season for everyone to see that, yeah, we don't have a clear standout on top. Whereas, you know, two or three years ago, if you beat Sydney, you were, that was huge, you know? So yeah. I think it's just showing how even the competition is for that one. And, you know, Adelaide and Nick's both there. It's just great to see, you know, Nick's having that, having that spark. And especially when you've got Devere in your squad, he's just such an exciting player. So, um, it's really good to see them getting wins, especially, I guess, you'd, you'd probably call them smaller clubs at the moment, really relying on youth, both of those teams. So yeah. um, for them to get big wins, I think, is, yeah, a good thing for the league. Yeah, the thing about Wellington is they're so inconsistent. I don't yeah. think so unbelievable. They'll win 4-1 one, one week and then they'll go on and, like, lose the next week. I think their form yeah. at the moment is, like, in the last 10 games, is four wins, two draws, four losses. So... Yeah. I mean, they have the potential to be pushing for six. I mean, what are they, like seven points adrift now for top six? Yeah. So they have the potential, but they don't have the consistency there. So it can be frustrating at points, especially if you're a Wellington fan yeah. in Wollongong. But 
Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and then uh, match week 14, uh, talking about City and Adelaide again, um, they're going to be key points throughout these these four match weeks. Um, but yeah, City get a 4-1 win on Western Sydney with a Craig Noon double, um, got, him a, got himself a FIFA uh, inform card. And Adelaide uh, continue their strong form with a 1-0 win over Sydney. Um Thanks to mainly thanks to to Joe Gauchi in goals, who pulled off a plethora, great word, of saves. Um, yeah, Sydney looked like they could score a couple, um, which I think is is the key point for Sydney for the whole season so far is the fact that we haven't been able to score many goals when we've had a lot of the ball and had a lot of shots. Um, and yeah, Adelaide and City pick up uh, another win each, um, storming up the table. Yeah, the form teams of the competition. So they've just really, I think Adelaide's, you know, won the last five in a row or something. So Um, both Adelaide and City in the last 10 have won seven. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's just crazy good form. Um, And it's just great to see that if two teams are going like that, they'd be generally, you know, one and two in the table by a distance, but not in the A-League. So it's always good to keep people guessing. So, yeah. And then I guess on to match week 15, um, keep things rolling through because it's just so many games i like you say with the scheduling we bring it up every time but sydney played twice in this match week i'm pretty sure and yes. it's so confusing so um we beat perth one nil with then a, just a classic a-league moment uh the lights went off and yep. in the 89 or whatever <laughs> 89 and the results stood but i was watching uh, a tifo video um completely unrelated but it was interesting because they were talking about um, sports betting and um, corruption and how you can do match fixing and most of the time they talked about the different types and they said you know you can corrupt an official which is pretty easy you can corrupt a team which is a lot harder and then you can corrupt coaches and all that and then they said but outside of that like there was um, people who were just somehow like managed to get inside like the maintenance people and get them to turn the lights off. So in the 90s, no joke, in the Prem, there was like this six-month period where the lights went off three times in a row and it went off when the bookies had put on a result and they wanted to stay like that. So wow. it was like, you know, get to the 16th minute and it's 1-0 to the team you bet on. And so they just cut off the lights and they'd just be like, yep, done, unlucky. Ryan Holland, you listening? Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah sorry just a little side note on that so no, I, I hope that. it's not a betting syndicate behind that one i think it was probably just the lightning i think it was the weather yeah definitely yeah so that was good and then um yeah put a bit of a score on victory um which you know it's always good to see but it's not as it's not as nice this season when they're not as going the going as well it you know, yeah. kicking someone when they're down, it's still it's enjoyable for victory, <laughs> but not as much as usual. So, um, yeah. And then um, what else did we have there? City won against Knicks, 3-2, which was a fantastic game again. Yeah. Um, and then uh, lost to West United, I believe. Yeah, lost to West United 2-1, um, which I think plays into the whole thing of multiple games in the same game week travel stuff like that and just the league the league stay at the moment everyone is losing games and winning games and like it's just there's no real continued form in like the space of a couple games but like you guys said over 10 games city and adelaide have been been dominating but yeah the occasional loss has happened this season to a to a team like yeah west united who obviously just they aren't as good as city but yeah can can pick up a win on them yeah no exactly uh, and then we can go on to probably match week 16. It's the bottom of the table, the two two stragglers, the spoon, like victory, the spoon bash. <laughs> and, I mean, 2-1. At least I kind of like these games when there is a result because at least does something. I hate when if it's a spoon bash and it's just 1-1 one, one, and you're like, well, that, that did nothing. You're both just, you know, scrapping there. So mm. victory get a win finally um but yeah i just think for both of them you know it's not convincing they're easily the two teams you can separate from the rest of the competition and say you just it's not up to standard and i guess for victory you know the way out next season they'll have a big look at themselves and they'll have probably the resources to 
hopefully not end up in that position again. He's probably mm-hmm. said that last year, but um, obviously it's a lot more complex with Newcastle and the financial situation they're in. Yeah, definitely. definitely. I feel like we've been talking about Newcastle's financial situation for way too long. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we forgot to even talk about Central Coast's potential financial situation. That's what just, yeah, um, I was just thinking of. Um, so if anyone has been living under a rock, I think maybe three days ago, just we all kind of woke up to the news that apparently Central Coast were being bought out by United, Manchester United, not our yeah. So um, that was doing the rounds. Optus got their videos out. Everyone was, you know, non-A-League people were buzzing and getting like you know all around it which annoys me a little bit because it's like wow you're only you know being interested in it because they're being owned by united but same thing happened with city and you know melbourne heart so i've talked to a few people about it and it's been quite mixed opinions um i just think ripping the soul out of central coast would be you know traumatizing yeah I think, yeah, they're, they're a staple club of the league. They had such early success. I think in terms of financial security, it's fan, it'd be fantastic if it happened, but moving them away, potentially changing their name, stuff like that, I think it would, yeah, like you can't not have the sauce bottles. You can't not have that, the cannons and the palm trees. You've got to have them. So You've got to have the brass band, man. That was, that's it. Yeah. That's alien. At yeah. the same time, like I, I, I agree. I'm in, the, I'm in the camp of it. we have to keep the Mariners, but... The pathways, the p- potential it opens up of having like a Manchester United like backed team in the A League is huge because then like you get another team that has money which attracts better players. You know, it yeah. adds investment into the whole league. So like the you know the ripple effect of that is like amazing. Yeah, I think there's so many pros from it that could come. Um, so if they could work out a way to maybe stay in Gosford. <laughs> But I That's can't imagine it. they'd be wanting to do that. And I think if, if they do move into North Sydney, um, and we've spoken about this with, with some of our friends, and one of our friends made a really good point, um, if you're going to move into North Sydney, a lot of people there probably do play football but maybe aren't interested in the A-League. They hear, like Ed said, the name Manchester United. They're interested. It piques interest. There you go. You've got some new fans who are, who are maybe Euro snobs, uh, for lack yeah. of a better word. Um, who see the Man United link and are now like, well, you know what? Man United have a team. I like Man United. There's my A-League team. I'll follow them. So there are positives. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't get that. And I definitely don't doubt that the league can't support a full Sydney team. I think, you know, that's definitely that North Sydney market hasn't been tapped into. But if it's at the expense of Central Coast, that would that would be a, you know, kick and yeah. bounce. So, Yeah. Anyway, let us know um, what your thoughts are on that because yeah. it has been quite divisive. So be interesting to see if you want the source bottles to stay or go to North Sydney um, Oval, which we've been to. Squeeze out the source bottles, you might say. Yeah, could do. Oh, Give geez, them a fair that face, was... maybe. <laughs> Sorry, no, there wasn't a lag in Wi-Fi. So that just made a terrible joke, <laughs> So We don't acknowledge that. Yeah. Um, lovely. And then... Um, yeah, I wasn't over this until Zab told me today about Adelaide's jersey they used, I think, last night. Over More balls. More balls. Uh, yeah. Do you want to tell us about that? Yeah, so probably at least what I've seen is it's a very cool jersey, one Very, very, very nice clean. Jersey. Probably one of the nicest A-League jerseys I've seen in a long time. But pretty much Adelaide released his special kit um, and it's pretty much got the little, I think it's in a famous, it's in one of the main, I guess, arcade or shopping strips of Adelaide these two silver balls, not really selling it, but that's literally what they are. And they've kind of turned that into a little pattern on the kit. And the guy who walked out in it, I believe is, I don't know his name. I can't remember his name for the life of me, but um, he's, I think he's an, he's an Aboriginal man. And he like is known in that area and known in that kind of arcade strip. And yeah. everyone knew who he was, everyone knows his story. And um, he walked out with the kit on and like, yeah, it was very like, it's a very smart marketing ploy, very like curated for the Adelaide region. So yeah. they know how to target their members. And it's fantastic to see. Like they absolutely killed it. And no, I mean, was there was also cute. a bloody bolting cat on that pitch last <laughs> night. So there's a lot going on. And then there was, of course, a 3-2 win as well. 3-1 win or 3-2. Three, yeah, 3-1. Um, so it's just like that game had it all. And like overall, it just kind of shows where Adelaide are at the moment. They're, they're in a bit mm. of a purple patch. 
Yeah, um, Al Hassan Torres looking really good. I saw a little video of his um of his skills locked up on the sideline. That side was amazing. Line. Yeah, he just danced out of that was ridiculous. Um, so if he can pick up form, very big shout to to be in that um Oli Roos squad because he's been injured yeah. for a bit. Um, yeah. but yeah, Adelaide, like I said, we're going to be a talking point throughout these match weeks and have been fantastic. They've been they're sitting in second, one point off. Central Coast. Um, so, yeah, looking really good. And then Knicks uh, get a late 3-2 win over Western United to continue picking up some points and trying to make a challenge for the for the top six. So, I mean, a fair bit happening in those four match weeks. Um, some key highlights I had from, from those match weeks. Um, what a signing Craig Goodwin's been. I'd say their form's been highly dependent on him coming back. He's played eight yeah. games, five goals, three assists. Um, yeah. We, I predicted Adelaide to finish eighth this year. You guys predicted them to finish ninth. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I'm closer, technically. Oh, um, wow. big, big congrats to you. This but we are both, yeah, all, all three of us are, are fairly off on that. Um, and yeah, I, I, when Craig Goodwin signed, I was like, that's good. Like, Craig Goodwin's a great footballer. Um, but I did not expect him to have this almost uh, Jesse Lingard-esque return um, to, to form. Yeah, that's a compliment to Jesse Lingard. it's 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 crazy because i thought you know looking at the squad before they started even like losing someone like george blackwood i was like wow they're losing a lot of their depth and it's just really kids and stefan walk so um that sounds like a terrible terrible sitcom (laughs) yeah terrible (laughs) the kids and stefan walk so um yeah essentially just seeing them being able to be galvanized by him and his return has obviously made a huge impact on their season. And mm. yeah, seeing their right their rise of form, it's it's great. I haven't watched them play too much footy, but they're scoring lots of goals and they're conceding a lot, but it's entertaining. So I'll be interested to see where they end up. Yeah, they're playing fantastic footy this year. And like, yeah, I think the reason we probably ran them down so low is the fact that they had such a young core. But yeah. the Ture brothers, uh Yangi, um, they've been like uh who, uh, is it Dorigo? No, it's not. Yeah, um, Dorigo. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're like they've just been playing like fantastic football. I mean, even though I'm not a massive fan of Stefan Mork as a person, but um, <laughs> just because of the diary incident, I thought that was interesting. Diary, um, But he's been fantastic for them. Had such a good season, and they lost Riley McGree, who by far and away has been one of their best players for the past couple of years. And he's really yeah. slotted into that and um, taken up that that role of like producing one from midfield. Um, yeah, should be a good game this weekend, uh, Sydney versus Adelaide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. massive game for Sydney. Um, see if Sydney can continue their form. Um, and Adelaide, yeah, it's going to be a big test. I, I never liked playing Adelaide, so it'll be massive. And then CCM stagnating a bit at the top. Um, they've uh, drawn three, lost one in their last five. Um, so they're starting to slow down a little bit. Um, I can't. I, I'm not sure if I can see them holding the the number one position for the whole season, but they should still make finals at this point. It'd be a bit of a shock if they didn't. Um, yeah. City and Sydney building form slowly. Um, City more so than Sydney, but yeah, Sydney starting to pick up some wins, starting to score some goals, which is which is good to see. Um, and then we've got Jamie McLaren leading the leading the Golden Boot with 14 goals, and uh, Matty Derbyshire with with 11, helping Macarthur pick up some wins and hold, hope potentially holding on to their top six place. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, um, yeah, seeing Macarthur, they're just they're just so strange because I think we all predicted them to come in really storm the league and. They haven't done that, but they also haven't dropped off. They just keep on getting these results, which make us think, wow, this is, you know, potentially a quality team. And I can see, especially if the Spanish guys, they stick around for a couple of years and they start to, you know, build a bit more of that supporter base and build a bit more of their identity. I could potentially see them being a bit of a powerhouse moving forward. So they've just been a tiny bit inconsistent, but, you know, where are they at the moment? They're currently uh, uh, fifth. fifth. And yeah. so with this ladder, it's hard to tell, but depending on games played and, you know, where they end up, I should see them making the finals and making a bit of a dent there. So I'm excited to see what they yeah. can produce. No, I definitely agree. And I think probably next season we'll see them come back a lot stronger once they've had a full year under their belt. Obviously, become like coming in as a new club, you don't expect instant, instant success. I think 
Western Sydney doing so well initially was probably a bit of a shock to everyone um, after yeah. we had a couple of teams come in and, and fold. Um, but yeah, like MacArthur coming in and dominating straight away um, would have been, yeah, immense. And I think they've shown signs of being able to play really good footy. Um, they picked up a couple of wins in these four match weeks and stuff like that. So um, yeah, I think they're looking good. And I think next year, um, maybe a bit of player player movements and stuff in the transfer market. Um, and they could be really a, a title challenger. Um, but no, it's, it's been, yeah. it's been a good four weeks and we're starting to get towards the the pointier end of the season. Obviously it's a bit hard to suggest who's going to be where with some teams playing 14 games, some teams playing 17 games. Um, but Western United and Brisbane Raw are still in the mix for, for the six um, with, with a couple games in hand on Western Sydney. Knicks are making a, a bit of a, a charge up um, Perth potentially, I think leak too many goals, but yeah, it's, it's, it's getting exciting. And a quick, just a little side note before we wrap up the A-League. They can play a game in Tasmania. It's the first time in like eight years I've seen. Um, yeah. I think United's, you know, kind of hosting that, which is just, I don't see why it's not a thing every year. They take the games up to Cross Harbour, like you said the other day. Tasmania is that untapped market with, you know, the Hobart Hurricanes being their only professional team. So it would just be good to see what interest is peaked, but especially these one-off games, I feel it's hard to market. So I'd like to see them keep on going back, you know, once a year, giving a home game there. I think they had, they think they said for the next two seasons, they're going to two, yeah. two games next season. Yeah. Games next so, so that way you can build up a bit of that. And even if it's not United being there full-time and they eventually get an expansion team there, at least they're showing that the interest is there. Professional football can be played in Tasmania. I saw yeah. a funny tweet, a funny tweet it was like oh why does a man you come here with me call the tasmanian red devils <laughs> yeah That's yeah that was um that was bran i think uh he he's on he's over at the uh reserve team so bran if you're yeah. listening there's there's your shout out on the she chatter podcast but yeah i do um do some streaming and stuff with bran um very funny man and yeah i think it's also a great suggestion i mean it works perfectly tassie devils it's wow. a it's a match made in heaven um but yeah, some, some exciting stuff happening in the A-League. Um, and hopefully we don't have as many match weeks to talk about next time we record. Um, yeah. But yeah, some some good stuff happening. Shall we jump on in to the Champions League? And uh, Ed, usually you like to take the floor anyways, but we'll give you the floor to talk about the PSG Bayern Munich game. How are you feeling? Thank you so much. I was going to jump in anyway because I'm just too excited. Um, yeah, I, it's been interesting talking to different people after this game. Um, after I watched it, everyone's like, it's the best performance I've seen by a losing team ever. And I think we're all of a sudden getting all this clout and credibility. And it's like since overnight, the, after winning that game, we're suddenly, you know, a legitimate European Neymar's force. underrated, didn't you hear? Oh, wow. He's yeah. underrated, Neymar. He's underrated. So um, I've been a little bit, I guess annoyed at some of the reactions whereas like you know overnight that's the one result which is I guess changed our course for history but you know we made the final last year and it's just like oh all of a sudden that's forgotten so that's been initially bugging me but no the game itself was you know a one nil loss but seeing how many chances we had how good Neymar was how stretched mm-hmm. they were some of the offside calls were very interesting and tight on Mbappe. I think if you were an AR and you were officiating Mbappe, you just wouldn't put your flag up and let let technology do the job. So that was a little frustrating. But, yeah, for a team which has actually lost quite a bit of its spine, you think Thiago Silva left last season, went to Chelsea, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a second. Um, Marquinhos and Kimpembe are a great pairing, but Marquinhos obviously pulled up lame after scoring the goal in the last league. So you have your captain go out of any team is going to have a big impact as well. Verratti, I always bring up on the pod, just he perpetually seems injured for at least one of the leagues of any knockout competition, but he will always come back and play and, you know, dominate it. And he's made for those European nights. So missing him, Akadi is still out injured as well. And you have, you know, Bernat as a fullback. These guys, you know, at fullback, we were playing Diallo and Dagbar. Which... You know, 
one. Why are you making excuses? No, I'm just saying, you know, it's it's but a makeshift team and did the it's, job. Yeah, so how about you rack off, Sav? Jeez, let me do my segment. Let me be salty. I'm allowed to we'll get, we'll get have on a great day. We'll get into in a second. So essentially what I'm saying is there's a lot of improvement, hopefully, to come in this team, and they might not have had the quality throughout the park, which we could be used to, but seeing that resolve and Oh, I've never been so tense watching a last, you know, half of football. It was insane because yeah. we yeah. knew that if we're gonna, if we conceded, we'd bottle it and we'd keep on having that bottle job kind of moniker stick with us. So it was nice to prove a few people wrong. And um, yeah, how we didn't score a goal was beyond me. Some interesting decision making up top. Neuer actually had a fantastic game. I think people will understate that his sweeper keeper antics are just out of this world. You see the highlights packages of him and the vision you have to have. And he doesn't really get chipped or anything very often. So it's definitely a worthwhile strategy. So yeah, I'm very interested to see how we'll go. And I'm sure we'll talk about and do some predictions after that. So very content. And the only thing I left to say about the tie is Champions League is incredulous because you think if you had to explain to someone who had never seen it before that we had won and gone through, we'd lost on the day and tied overall. Like, yeah. how does that make any sense? <laughs> so it's crazy. But, um, yeah, really, really content and happy. Yeah, very good. And um, obviously PSG will be playing Manchester City, who went through um, on Dortmund. Um, first leg 2-1 with a interesting call for, for Bellingham's uh, potential goal with a foul on Edison, apparently. Um, which could have dramatically changed the the second leg. But, um, yeah, City uh, went down early in the second leg, but uh, kept the pressure on. Um, Phil Foden, fantastic goal. Um, Stupid penalty from Emre Chan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah wasn't, wasn't great from him. Um, yeah. Superman dived into the ball, hit on the arm. <laughs> um, but Bellingham... Was looking looking very good, um, and Dortmund have a have a fantastic team. I mean, they kept Howland quiet, but um, yeah, Dortmund were looking good. But City go through to the semis, um, and potentially, like Ed said, uh, PSG have had a bit of a, a bottle job moniker for a couple of years now, um, and the other team that's had that is is Manchester City. So we've got a bottle job semi final. Bottle job semi. <laughs> is that how they're going to market it? Do you think? Yeah, I think they should. You know how they market it like grand final rematch. It's the bottle job semi. <laughs> So, um, so that'll be interesting. Um, and then we had the 2018 final rematch, Real Madrid uh, versus Liverpool, 3-1 down from the first leg. Um, and could it get it done at Anfield with a nil-all draw? Um, how are you feeling, Zav? Talk us through Liverpool's performance. <laughs> Frustrated. Um, that performance probably embodies our whole season. Um Start well. If Salah scores in that first two minutes, the whole complexion of the tie changes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like we didn't have chances. Like we had quite a few chances this morning, um, but we just could not capitalize. And that first leg performance truly let us down because we did not press last week. Was just that first half was just abysmal. Like you reflect on it, and if you give Modric and Tony Cruz time to pass the ball, they will just run riot because you've got Vinicius and you've got Benzema and you've got Asensio. Are all quality, quick, nimble players who will run the park around you. Mm-hmm. So that performance last week really set us up poorly for this week. But look, you look at our team, we've got Nat Phillips and Kabak starting at centre-back. It's not like, considering where we are at the moment in terms of injuries, it's a pretty adequate performance. And there will be a bit of an overhaul, I guess, in the in summer, depending. We need, we'll need another centre-back. Joe Gomez, yeah. as much as I love him and much as a prodigy he is, He's so injury prone. Yeah. Oh my gosh. He's just so injury prone. So the big fight will come from fighting with your lot for Champions League spots, um, which will come down right to the wire. But no, this morning was just very frustrating. That second half, it just felt like it's the first time in a while it's got to, in a cup tie, it's got to the last 15 off a Champions League of any tie. And I've just felt like it wasn't going to happen. Most of the time in Liverpool, you feel like, oh, there's something there. But yeah, a lack of fans yeah. might be, you know, one of the reasons behind it. You know, you come to Anfield, it's a, it's a cauldron, it's an atmosphere. It's, it's not where you want to be as a, te- uh, like an opposing team. But mm-hmm. I don't know, it's a little bit different. It doesn't have the same atmosphere. So a little bit frustrating, but 
kind of embodies our season. Yeah, like you said, story of the season, like not being able to finish, um, lots of injuries and stuff like that. Um, and I'm sure, like you said, we'll we'll see uh, we'll see Liverpool come back a lot stronger. And there's probably going to be a bit of a a dip into the transfer market to to change things up. Could see some people leave. Could see some some big names come in. So I'm yeah interested to see what um, Liverpool do. And like you said, the the final uh, the top four race in in the Prem is um, heating up. West Ham somehow still up there, but um, playing good footy. Jesse Lingard, yeah. God. Yeah. On the flip, you must be over the moon. Semi final. Yeah, buzzing. Um, wasn't expecting to probably get this far. I mean, when we got Atletico, I was like, that's tough. That's, that's a hard one to get past. Um, but yeah, some, some good performances against Porto. Um, I think if we hadn't, I, I said this at the end of the, the first leg to Ed, um, we played really well, but if we hadn't got a second goal, I said we could have been, we could be in more trouble. And I think we really needed that second one. We probably deserved it as well. I mean, you had Kai Havertz, basically on the line, almost scoring. And then somehow like Pepe just flies in and uh, like help, help it's on help him put it off target. Um, but no, a, a great performance from us. Tuchel's got us playing really good football. I mean, we did lose one nil, but it was a 93rd minute bicycle kick. Like there's not much you can do. <laughs> not a reflection of the game. Pulisic was immense. Yeah. We played, we played very, very well. And it seemed like Porto were just getting frustrated, chopping us, getting cards. Yeah, what, um, how many fouls did Pulisic have? Like, there's some ludicrous number of fouls that was put on against him. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, it was honestly, yeah, a good performance though from from the boys. Um, and yeah, we're through to a semi. I mean, not many people would have probably called it happening, um, but stoked to be there. Real is going to be an interesting game. Um, we'll do our predictions in a bit, but no, we're looking we're looking really good. And there are, even the rotations when when. Um, that could have Tuchel's rotating in. Um, it seems to be working. And Kai and, and Timo are uh, starting to pick up a bit of form now. Pulisic is back uninjured. I mean, he scored uh, three in the last two Premier League games or something like that. Um, so he's he's in form. Um, but we're looking good. Um, gearing up for, for a good semi-final. Um, very excited. No, and I'm... Yeah, I think... What I'm keen for is probably just the amount of um, it's like storylines which are going to be involved because you think of PSG versus City, it's so easy to write that up as like an oil money battle, which, you know, it is. And it's kind of going to be interesting to see these two teams who have been on these projects for so long, how they're going to compete there. Have Chelsea played Real much in the Champions League? I'm trying to think. I can't really recall that. Real in a while. We That's played like Real it. when Hazard when Hazard went to Real Madrid. We did play them, but I can't remember if it was in the knockouts or not. But I we don't we don't Real. tend to play Real very often. No, that's what I was thinking. I, I didn't think Chelsea had played them that much. But you know, depending on who gets to the final, if PSG goes up against um, Chelsea, it's you know Tuchel against his old team. Um, his old team. That's it. And then you've got if. City go through against Real. It's like, wow, their old tormentors come back, you know, from Barcelona and now um, to City. So I just think it's kind of a refreshing thing to see. Basically, three out of those teams, you'd be almost, like, interested to see win the, win the Champions League. Chelsea haven't done it for a long time and City and PSG obviously never. So yeah. I think a lot of neutrals would be, even though City and PSG are pretty easy to hate, I don't think anyone really wants Real to win it again. So, um, yeah, it'd be interesting. So do we want to go into our, our predictions now? Yeah, sure. Um, all right. Well, I'll get, get us kicked off. In terms of oh, the Chelsea versus um, Real debate, I'm going to be really interested to see how that goes because I don't think Real like, picked Liverpool apart um, too much. You know, they were quite dominant in that first game, but it wasn't like two separate classes. And I think just the way Chelsea are in form at the moment, you know, Atletico aren't like romping the league. I mean, sorry, Real aren't romping the league or anything like that. So I can see it's been quite tight, but um, yeah, I think at the end of the day, um, yeah, Real's going to probably get the job done too much quality. And I think there's just that little bit, 
of inexperience in the Chelsea team. So I, I don't see them getting it done. But I don't I don't think it's going to be classes apart. Mm. What do you guys think for that game? Well, that tie. Sorry. Do you want to go? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm kind of on the fence. I think Chelsea's the better team, but Zidane's probably the most experienced manager out of the two. And Zidane seems to have turned this Madrid team around and he knows how to win a Champions League or win a few. So I it's I don't I don't know. I think I actually will go Chelsea purely wow. because they're playing better and more consistent other than West Brom. They don't like West Brom. But yeah. other than that, West Brom. It, it'll be interesting to see their league form up until in what until the game is two weeks' time. Yeah. That will kind of suggest yeah. how they are going into it. Um but no, I I reckon Chelsea might do the might do the trick. Yeah. I um obviously think Chelsea. <laughs> Funny that. Yeah. Oh, it's gonna save it the other time. <laughs> but um uh yeah, like Benzema is in fantastic form and is playing very well. So that is a big danger. Um, but Thiago Silva in the back line, extremely experienced center back. Um, and under Tuchel, bar that West Brom game, we've been pretty, pretty good defensively. Um, so I can imagine that still being the case. And I think you've got Kante coming back from, from injury. Um, you put Kante in that midfield and, and give him the job of trying to shut down Modric or Cruz and stuff like that. As long as we shut those kind of guys down, then I think we, we stand a really good chance. And we've got so much pace going forward. Uh, Ramos does have coronavirus at the moment, but he should be back by then. But, I mean, it could have a knock-on effect. It could um, knock him about a bit, so who knows? But, yeah, I think I think it's going to be really tight and it's going to be a really good game, but I think I think we can get the, the job done. Maybe, like, um, I don't know, like a 1-0 a, a win and a, and a 2-1 and a loss or something like that, like an away goal or I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But I think, I think we'll get it done. Um, and then PSG and City, um, we can let you talk talk last, Ed. But I'm I'm gonna say, oh, I, I think I think I think the storyline is City. I think Aguero's leaving. Um, Pep's been brought in to win a Champions League and, and hasn't done so yet. Um, and City are playing fantastic footy. Um, so as long as they continue to break teams down, I think I think uh, yeah, City City will get the job done in a tight game as well. Another, I mean that game could be a Champions League final in itself. So it's a, it's a massive game. But yeah, I think City will get the job done and we'll have an all-English final. Um, yeah, I'm in the same camp. I think City's, unfortunately, the best team in the world. At the moment, um, it's going to be very hard. PSG really need to show up. Their defence really needs to show up against a very nimble attack side. Um, I, yeah, I'd, I'd find it. I'd be very surprised if PSG go through. I'm sorry. Wow. I think City, I just, I look, I thought I was hoping that Bellingham goal meant that like somehow Dortmund go through. Yeah. But if City got through the quarters, if they can somehow blitz PSG, uh, I'm interested to say surprise. I think it's very close. I actually agree with you both. I think in the storyline set up for City to win um, and go through because, you know, PSG, I finally enough think. Everyone keeps on putting the pressure with Mbappe and Neymar. I think their contractual situations probably going to get settled. They they've got their last. I mean, Mbappe's got his last year next year, so I think that's probably going to be when the squad's going to hit its peak in terms of everyone being settled. Pochettino having a second year, also having a manager come halfway through the year and win his Champions League. I think Di Matteo did with you guys at Chelsea, which is pretty pretty strange, pretty niche knowledge. Yeah, but. Um, I think it'll be really entertaining. I don't think it's going to be a cakewalk like Zab's insinuating. I'm not saying it's a cakewalk. I'm just saying I'd be surprised if PSG go through. Unbelievable. I think it'll be a tight game. I think terrible, terrible analysis from my coach. <laughs> um, he's not biased at all, my dad. But no, no, never. I see. I agree. City's been the best team in football, you know, on and off for the last three years. So I think it's probably their just desserts to get through to the final. So we're all in agreement there. So. Um, I guess I've got a couple of L with the Chelsea tie. So we're saying it's going to be an all-English final then. That's what majority yeah. says, yeah, yeah. And um, who gets up there, Debs? Um, the storyline's written for Chelsea. 
<laughs> no, I, yeah, I don't know. I think if you do that nine times out of 10, um, if you do any of these games, uh, maybe not Real, but if we played PSG or City in the final, I'd say most of the time we'd lose that game. But yeah. we've been to the Champions League final before and that Bayern game, we shouldn't have won. Um, no. So, no, I mean, no. we've got experience in, in those kind of ties. We're a little bit younger now. So the team might have as much experience, but you do have a couple older players who, who've been at the club for a while or who've had European success. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd like to think we could get it done, but I'd say, I'd say City are probably the more likely ones to win that tie just because, like, Pep's a, Pep's a genius. Their squad's world-class. Like, yeah, it just makes sense. What about you guys? Yep, I'm in the same boat. Yep. Bang. Too good. So but I obviously, obviously want Chelsea to win. <laughs> and I obviously want PSG to win, just so everyone's clear on where our allegiances lie. Yeah. And who do you want to win, sir? Yeah. I just want everyone to have a good time. Ah, very <laughs> diplomatic answer. Oh, um, beautiful. Before we jump into trivia, um, we can do a quick, very, very quick run through. Uh, so Europa League is on tonight, UK, t- tomorrow, Friday morning for for you guys. Um and none of the games are really settled. I think United are kind of through. They have a 2-0 win on Granada, so they should be going through. Um, and, I, and you've got uh, Dinamo Zagreb down 1-0 to Villarreal, which will be an interesting game. Um, Arsenal are at one all with Prague, uh, which hopefully Arsenal get the job done um, to, knock, to knock Prague out. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. I think the big game, though, is Ajax-Roma, 2-1 to Roma at the moment. Yeah, um, and two away goals. So, any thoughts on who's going to be going through from any of those fixtures? Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. Um, so that's the last sixteen. Did you just do quarters? Last... Yeah. Oh, this is quarters. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. You could probably just see it's just United. They just seem to since they've been post fair year. They're like, oh, we're pretty mediocre in most other aspects and. For some mm. reason, this has kind of been their tournament. So, um, yeah, I can see them going through and making a statement. Um, but, you know, if that translates to further success, the problem is it's just that step up between Europa and Champions League. They are two different competitions for a reason. And you, it's just the different, you know, gaps in quality is monumental. So, yeah. I think United could go on and win it, but it might not translate to a lot of success. Yeah. Um and pick for Ajax and Roma to go through? I hope Ajax. Um, yeah, I'm hoping Ajax will go through. Uh, I really don't know much about either of their league forms at the moment. I mean, other than that, I know that Ince is absolutely killing it in Serie A. Yeah. But um, I haven't really been following either of those teams. But, I mean, Ajax were unlucky when they lost to Man U a couple of years ago. Yeah. So, I think it's about time they probably win a European tournament. Um, Ajax are 11 points clear at the top of, of the Eredivisie. Yeah, it's either them or PSV. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'd say, yeah, I think I'd like to see Ajax go through as well. Um, I think United are probably through. Um, the Croatian in me wants Dinamo to go through and they're only down 1-0. Um, so that'd be cool to see them make a semi. And then, yeah, Arsenal, I'd say, probably go through as well to the, to the semis. Wow, huge. Should we jump on into trivia? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, So, quick update. Yeah, Ed, give them the table. I'll do the update because, yeah, lo and behold, I'm at the top five uh, bank, you know, money in the bank. Dave's (laughs) on four. And then you've got to scroll down a bit on our run sheet to get to Zap is on two points. Sorry, I can't hear you over the number one from last year. (laughs) When are we recording this podcast? It's in in the present. Who has the Chitty Chatter trophy? Me, that I just made up. Apparently it exists. If you're willing to fund the trophy, we can make it exist. That's true. Very true. Um, um, so on the theme of Champions League, I will get us started. So very simple question. First one, buzz in. That's all you need. Name the only goalkeeper to keep a Champions League clean sheet in four different decades. Buzz. Yes. Buffon. Done. Easy. Easy money. I was literally, yeah, I was going to say the final as well. So. 
pretty obvious answer. Yeah, there you go. So you did that. I always, I'm always tentative with your questions because they're never usually the correct one that you'd think it is. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. That, that was a pretty bang simple one. But that is a crazy start. You know, you're playing at the top level over, you know, at least 20 years. Madness. So fair play to him. All right. Um, my question. Um, oh, this is a bit. This is a bit left field as well. So, but I, it's it's achievable. Um, of the current twelve head coaches in the A League, ten have previously played in the competition. Which two coaches did not? One point for each. Oh, bang! Carl Robinson. Yep, have a point. Nice. And bang, Moon. No. Xavier, do you have a do you have a guess for the last one? Um, no, I'm stumped. I can't talk. I'm, I'm stumped. Who is it? No, no guesses at all. I reckon the Adelaide coach. I reckon the Adelaide coach as well. That's I don't know his name. It is not Carl Vart. It is Alan Stachich. Oh, uh, true. Wow. Yeah. Okay. No, that's good. Yeah, played for Adelaide. Um, uh, I think Moon played for played for the Raw. Wow. Um, okay. Fair obviously, Corica did. Rudin did. Kisnorbo did. Uh, Richie Garcia did. Garcia did. Yeah. Um, okay. Ebner, Victory. Um, yeah. Who else? Ufuk Talai did. Um, Milicic did. So yeah. I thought it was true, really yeah. interesting to, to no. have a look at how many of the head coaches had come through the competition, and it's a, a whopping ten out of twelve. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Hey, he's crazy. Well done. So, Is it uh, a point? Yeah, Ed gets a point. Oh, cha-ching. Well, Dave's you need you need something here, mate. I do. Um, mate. What are our thoughts on half points? Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. All right. So. My question is, this is based on Mr. Jude Bellingham, oh. youngest, one of the youngest UEFA Champions League scorers. Oh, so God. Arsenal and Barca both have two players to have scored, like the youngest goal scorers in the top 10. Name those two from what each do you mean? club. Oh, bang, bang? Yeah. Um, I reckon it is Cesc Fagbregas and I reckon it is Jack Wilshere. One of them's correct. What did you mean in the top 10? So, like, t- top 10 youngest goal scorers in Champions League history. Oh, Arsenal have one and... Arsenal have two and Barcelona have two. Oh. Oh, both get two for each. Yeah. Oh. I said, I I said, said that. that. I thought it was um, one each. So, so Ed, Ed got one of those two guesses correct. Yeah. Oh. How many guesses can I have? half a point. How many so guesses can I have? You, well, you Fabregas. So, Fabregas is correct. Okay. So, you have half a point. So far. Yeah. Uh, Theo Walcott. Incorrect. Right, what? So. Buzz. Messi. Incorrect. Buzz what? Boyan Kirkage. Incorrect. Fuck. Buzz Aaron Ramsey. Correct. That's the two Arsenal. Yeah. All right, so it's on one point. So you got neither of you figured up Arsenal. Wait, I got Fabregas, didn't I? Fabregas is Arsenal. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. I think it's Dave's turn to buzz. Hmm. Oh, I'm... <laughs> Youngest Barcelona players. Um, so me, please. I Buzz Munir. Buzz Enzo Fatty. Well done. Oh, oh fucking hell! Get fruit in. This um, is this is a tin pot performance from me. This is fraudulent. Do you want a hint? Yeah. Yeah. Go on. This happened in October last. Oh, sorry. Yeah, October last year. Oh, Barcelona player. Buzz? Yeah. Pedri? Correct. Oh, well done. Half a point. <laughs> wow, that was, I didn't even understand the question at first, but that was good. I Interesting that, yeah, Arsenal and Barca have two. Yeah, I really thought I, yeah, Walcott was a shout. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I just that 2010 era, you know, they were playing a lot in there. They were all so. 17. They were only 17. Wow. wow. What were you doing what when you were 17? 17? I was in high school. <laughs> Having a cry. Oh, Probably. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, well, good trivia. So, what's the updated scores then, Alex? Uh, so, you put Zav your... is rounding out the bottom with three points now. Wow. Um, I am now on four and a half. And yep. Ev takes a commanding lead, seven and a half points. 
Wowie. Yeah, a lot of catching up to do, Zav. <laughs> I'll just hold on to the Chitty Chatter trophy. Yeah, keep it safe, mate. Yeah. yeah. I'll hide it. Yeah. All right, boys. Well, it's been lovely chatting. Um, and I'm sure hopefully we'll be back a bit sooner than than the month uh, between the la- this episode and the last one. Um, but any final words before we wrap up? Um, well, when's the Champions League final? We should do a live live recording. Live That'd recording. Be- well, no, the, the semis are on the uh, 27th of April, first leg. Two um, weeks. Uh, yeah, two weeks away. So um, still a bit of time until until that happens. Lovely. So, yeah, get keen for that. Yeah, looking forward to it. Zav, any final words? Um, no. Very busy month of football ahead. We've got Socceroos play their first game in 50 days as well. Ooh, yeah. Olympics yeah. in 100 days. Oh, Yeah. Euros in, I don't know how many days, it'd be about 100 as well. Oh, yeah. Two months? Something like yeah, that. so it's all, it's all cracking. You got tickets, mate? Uh, no, there's no word about whether fans are going or not, but we shall see. Hopefully we can get there. But, yeah, thank you for, for joining me, boys, and giving up your Thursday evening. Um, it's not giving it up, mate. We enjoy every second of it. Ah, oh, big love, big love. All right, well, if you've made it this far, thank you very much for listening. And uh, we will catch you hopefully in not a month. See you then. Bye.